as symbol of excellence in sports entertainment. This is Kurt Angle, and welcome to the Kurt Angle Show. On the show today, we'll be discussing my first WWE title win after the brand split over the big show. But first, let me introduce to you my co-host, Paul Bromwell. How you doing today, Paul? Kurt, I'm doing great, man. Listen, we're recording a little early this week because someone's got a birthday, and they're celebrating in Pittsburgh on SmackDown. And by the time this drops, it will all have happened Share with our audience what's happening, how this come together. Tell us all about it, man. Well, I approached the WWE and I said, listen, your Olympic hero is going to have a birthday on the 7th night. <laughs> and you're you're going to be in Pittsburgh. WWE is going to be in Pittsburgh. It's a perfect time to celebrate my birthday. And uh, so they they were like, yeah, yeah, we'll think about it. <laughs> you know, they, but they, they came back to me and they said, okay, we're, we're going to do something. Um, uh, but uh I don't know if I should say it now. I, I mean, you, you know. can, cause by the time this airs, it would have happened, buddy. <laughs> well, what happened was, um, I, they wanted me to do the milk truck segment again. Ah. So what they decided to do was have a bunch of heels talk about me during the show, all through the show and, you know, put me down and, you know, ripping on me. And then at the end they were coming out to the ring. Cause I was supposed to have my celebration. I don't show up. And the heels are in the ring and uh, they're in there with all the birthday cake and everything, all the celebrations. And I come in with the milk truck. <laughs> yes. And I go down and I spray them down and I tell them, Hey, you can't have cake without milk. Good <laughs> so stuff. I them with the milk. It's awesome. When I was told this, I was so excited because that was my favorite moment in the WWE. Sure. Driving that milk truck into the arena in Sacramento, California. It was my number one moment. I absolutely loved that. I had such a great time doing it, and it was an awesome uh, moment for me to be able to do it again. And the fact that they want to have fun with it and relive it for you on your actual birthday. So when Friday, <laughs> yeah, when it was really the- cool. Nah, I was dude. so excited when I read it. I was like, "Holy crap, man! This is better than I expected." <laughs> I tell you what, as a fan and just like the rest of the listeners here, I'm so excited. And it's like you said, people have already seen it unless there was some kind of last minute change and, uh, and things changed or whatever. That's the plan as we record today on Thursday prior to the drop of the show, but Hey, happy birthday, Kurt angle. Thank you, Paul. I really appreciate that. So you like with my the best thing. friends, so, you know, we are, it's unbelievable. We talk We're more separable. That's right. <laughs> Paulie and Kurt. And I got to see you with the family at the melting pot. Looks like you had a great birthday dinner there. Yeah, we did that for St. Jude's children's hospital research. Uh, cool. It was really cool to be able to do that and have dinner at the melting pot. It's one of my favorite places to eat, especially on my cheat day. That, and I saw you cheating. I saw you dipping into that cheese sauce, that cheese dip there, the cheese That's fondue. Right. Uh, the good for you. Pot. That's why they call it the melting pot. They got a bunch of cheese and a bunch of bowls that are boiling, you know, the, they have fire underneath them. So did you have the chocolate fondue? Yes, I had a little bit. I had, I actually had a, um, uh, Oreo cookie covered marshmallow and I dipped it in chocolate. I only had one. 
Well, there you go. Awesome, man. Well, I'm glad you got to celebrate, and I'm glad you got to celebrate at home with your WWE family. Lots of exciting things with Kurt Angle. I'm excited about 2023 and Kurt Angle. You and I were just talking before, and there's a lot of good stuff uh, coming up. Uh, so hang with us here on the Kurt Angle Show. We're going to start driving more merch. I talk about merch because I'm wearing this Kurt Angle Show sweatshirt. We're in the, I'm in the Northeast. We're both in Pennsylvania in the Northeast and it's getting cold here, brother. And so it was time for me to, uh, order myself one of your sweatshirts, the show I'm sweatshirts gonna have to pull here. out my sweatshirt too, eventually. So there you go. Check us out boxagimmicks.com and you can find a sweatshirt there for you too, in the colder weather. But Hey man, last week we blew up the internet. You did specifically. You talked about Brock Lesnar news with TNA. We talked about that fiery Samoa Joe promo with Kevin Nash and Scott Hall, no show. And that was an unbelievable clip. Check out our YouTube channel. Uh, you can check it out over there on YouTube. And there's a lot of great clips over there. And a lot of visibility happens whenever you talk about Jim Cornette. So a lot of people will keep an eye on what he does. You can find it youtube.com forward slash the angle pod. And uh, lots of fun clips where we're clipping out things. We have some help with our social media guy, Dominic D'Angelo, who's absolutely crushing it. Uh, but man, we're just having a lot of fun on the show. But getting back to Brock Lesnar, this week is all about Armageddon 2002, as you said. And back in 2002, Brock dropped the WWE title at Survivor Series to none other than your buddy, the big show, Paul White. So, yeah, and we're going to talk all about your match with him. But before we jump in, I want to get your opinion because he drops the title here at Survivor Series to him. It's not a long time that the big show has it. Was this a mistake in your mind at this point in 2002? No, what I think they were trying to do was Brock was uh, undefeated at this point in time, kicking ass, taking names, and they wanted him to win the title, and he won the title, and he only held it for a couple of months, I believe. And uh, what they didn't want to have happen was, for me, they, they were I was next in line to have a good title reign, and they didn't want me to beat Brock at Survivor Series because I was going to wrestle Brock at WrestleMania 19 five months later. And during that time, I was supposed to beat Brock, but I broke my neck beforehand, so I had to do the job for Brock and lose to him and give him the title because I had to have surgery. So they didn't want me to beat Brock two times in a row. So Big Show beat Brock Lesnar, then I beat Big Show. That way, I didn't beat Brock twice, even though uh, he ended up beating me at WrestleMania because I broke my neck. Yeah. But long story short, Big Show, he was never a transition champion by any means, but at this point in time, he basically was, you know, for the, for this current story the title from one person to the other. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, and at this point in time, Brock and I were both baby faces. So big show is a heel. And he had to play that role just at, as you said, no, in no regard, are you saying he was a transitional champion overall? This just happened to have to be the case for this particular yeah, storyline. Yeah, no, by work. no means was he ever a transitional champion. You're right, Paul. Yeah. And, and the other thing I want to make sure everyone knows, because you've talked about this, you knew for a while that it was going to be you and Brock at WrestleMania. We've talked about it before here on the show. They were doing little vignettes where you'd be doing something and Brock would blow by you and you two would look at each other, say something. So the build by the hallway. Yeah. Yeah. One quick remark. Yeah. Setting it up nice and slowly. Let's talk about the big show a little bit here, because as you said, for this storyline, he was the one that was going to hold it and then, and then lose. Was he unhappy about this at all? Was he cool with it? Do you remember his state of mind? <laughs> You know what? <laughs> to be honest with you, he beat Brock freaking Lesnar. <laughs> There's That's no true. reason to be ashamed of that or be upset. I mean, even if he was going to be a transitional champion just at this point in time, 
uh, you know, he got to beat Brock. And uh, I think that's a big deal. And I think Big Show took a lot of pride in that. And you mentioned you kind of knew all the plans that were leading up to WrestleMania. So I'm assuming you knew that, hey, the goal is to get the championship back on my waist here soon, isn't it? Okay. As quickly as possible. They were, I was supposed to have a title reign for a whole year. That, that was the whole plan. I was going to beat Big Show. I was going to carry it into WrestleMania, beat Brock, and continue on. But uh, unfortunately, I broke my neck in February, and I couldn't. I couldn't. I had to have surgery after WrestleMania. Well, listen, let's continue on then. Let's pick up here with the story as we head into Armageddon, where this all goes down between you and Big Show. Uh, there's this tag feud that we've talked about on the show already, as far as with you and Chris being champions, and and we documented uh, that in past shows. So take a listen. We've gone through 2002 in detail this year. So that kind of continues on SmackDown after this show, and you get to wrestle Eddie Guerrero. Uh, was working with Eddie different in 2002 compared to just 2000? No, no. Uh, Eddie was uh, always an incredible in-ring performer. I loved working with Eddie. Um, he was literally my second or third favorite to wrestle behind Benoit and Shawn Michaels. But Eddie was right up there, too. I mean, the guy, uh, you know, what he was able to do in his career. And, uh, you know, even after his car accident, when he broke his leg and, you know, he had to rehab and come back and he was still moving incredibly well. So, uh, Eddie, um, was great. Whether I wrestled him in 2000 or 2002, it didn't matter. I think actually Eddie was starting to get a bigger push in 2002 at this particular yeah. time. Well, let's uh, jump into uh, what Meltzer had to say in the observer. Cause he talked about this match on SmackDown. He said angle over Eddie was a good match with angle working as a baby face as the first step in a planned face turn. Uh, and then. He adds his commentary. Of course, that's been delayed many times. This was a decent match, probably even good for anyone else, but not at the level you'd expect. Maybe uh, three and a quarter stars. Storyline was that Chavo kept interfering. Benoit was on the ramp watching, but refused to help Angle. Angle ended up cleaning house on, on both while Benoit still on the ramp and clapped. The match featured the single worst missed spot, a DDT by Angle that shockingly made the air on a tape show. That ruined the illusion that Angle never made a mistake inside the ring. Okay, a lot to break down there from the Observer, but first off, how long was your baby face turn planned for that you remember? I, I absolutely have no idea. Um, I know that I was going to have a nice long title reign, probably up until SummerSlam or after that the following year. So it was going to be a good, nice little baby face run for me. Um, you know, this was my third title reign, and... Uh, I know I beat Brock or I beat the rock the first time yeah, and Stone Cold's the Austin Austin the second time. And this time was big show. So, um, this is my first time as a, well, no, no, I was a, against Stone Cold Steve Austin. I was a baby face too. So, yeah. um, I, I really, I, I went back and forth, baby heel, baby heel, like so many times. It yeah. was ridiculous. I can't even remember what occurred. Yeah. It's hard to keep up with at this point yeah. because it's happening so quickly. Kurt, did you think your baby face turn was hurt by what ended up being Brock's baby face turn and then the Big Show's heel turn at Survivor Series? No, I don't think it was going to hurt. I think that what they were planning on doing at WrestleMania was a double baby face match. And they've done that before at WrestleMania, you know. Uh, and obviously during the match, somebody would turn heel. Like I think uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin, when he wrestled The Rock at WrestleMania, they were both baby faces. And I think Stone Cold turned on The Rock and turned heel. Uh, so, um, maybe they had the same plan for us. I'd imagine I'd be the one that would turn heel at WrestleMania, obviously, but the, the plan was what I know 
is that I was going to continue on as champion uh, for almost a year. So um, unfortunately, that didn't happen because I broke my back. So listen, as we go through this, Kurt, it can, it's probably a little bit confusing. All this heel, baby face, turn, turn. Oh, you even I, said I, I turned was- baby heel so many times, I, I'm dizzy. Did you, did you think it was made it confusing for the viewers themselves too? Cause they're trying to keep up. You know what? I had such a love hate relationship with the fans. Uh, you know, it, it really, they, they didn't really start really appreciating me until 2003 where at that point in time, it was really hard to turn heel. Um, so, um, you know, it was, it, it was, it was a hard, it was a difficult time because, um, you know, turning baby and heel. A lot of times, the fans when I turned baby at the beginning, they didn't accept me as a baby face because yeah. they they liked me as a heel. They enjoyed booing me and telling me I suck. Uh, so it was really difficult to uh, be a baby face for me in particular in the WWE. And now you're a baby face that they still love telling you that you suck. So you can't. I'm win. a baby face because I'm retired and they feel sorry for me. <laughs> yeah, but they still want to make sure they sing "You Suck" as part of that song. So. Yes, they love singing <laughs> "You Suck." You're right. <laughs> Listen, here comes something fun as we have fun talking about this. They show a feature on the November 23rd edition of WWE Confidential. All right, so you guys want to check this out, Kurt? You're doing a supermarket sweep dash competition at a Kmart. You and three separate contestants having a lot of time to get as much stuff in the supermarket carts as you can. When you get to the third contestant, you blow up straight away and can't continue. And the guy's girlfriend has to take over. Now, listen, buddy, I know you get blown up in the ring. Sometimes some guys do. You act like you never do, but in a Kmart dude, what in the world's going on here, man? <laughs> well, let me tell you this. <laughs> I didn't blow up. Oh, <laughs> no way I blew up. Listen, I, I probably just didn't feel like doing it anymore. So I told his girlfriend, just take over. <laughs> but listen, I've only blown up once in my career. Here we go. And I remember. And that was against Stone Cold Steve Austin in Fresno. Right, yeah. Never let me forget about it. Yeah. He always texts me every week. Don't forget Fresno because I blew up. It's the only time I've ever blown up in my life. And I'm sticking by it. I did not blow up during this supermarket thing. I did. The supermarket thing, but you, did you remember this at all at Kmart? Did you yeah, have yeah, yeah. You had to go around and pick as many things you could. And, uh, it, it was, you know what? It was, it was just like a shop fest. You know, it was just a competition where you had to accrue, accrue as much as you could, and I think you had to find certain items too. Yeah, the big pricey items because you want it yes, to be yeah. the highest dollar amount. This is what yeah. Kurt Angle now calls shopping for Christmas with his kids. Okay, that <laughs> supermarket sweep. There we go. Oh, I love it, man. And at a Kmart, I used to love a Kmart growing up. There you Kmart go. was awesome. Yeah. Back okay. in the day. Yeah. They had the little cafe. They had the whole nine yards there. So, all right, let's move on. So that was going on back then, but at the Thanksgiving SmackDown, Brock now is suspended by Stephanie for attacking big show the previous week. And you end up teaming with Benoit to take on Los Guerreros. Uh, let's watch this. We have this clip. It's clip one of the week, SmackDown, November 28th. We're going to watch the ending together, and then I'll talk about what the notes were from the Observer. So here we go. German suplex. Kurt Angle with his hands locked around the waist, and Eddie grabbed the referee, delivered the low blow, then the DDT. The sneaky slide. Guerrero could be feeling splash, splash is coming up. The frog splash, but Angle rolls out of the way. Look out! Angle slam! And Chavo walks into an Angle slam again. 
And Benoit with the cross face on Eddie Guerrero. What the hell's Angle doing? Into an ankle lock. I don't think Angle wanted Benoit to get the glory for himself. And now the partners are beginning to self-destruct. Can't we all just get alone? Obviously, Benoit Angle can't as Chavo with a shot. But he fell into a German suplex of Benoit. Angle down in the corner, and Benoit, the crossface, again to Eddie Guerrero. Will Guerrero tap it on the ankle lock? The ankle lock and the crossface. The referee trying to pull Angle off. Chavo into the ring, Eddie's tapping. Referee didn't see it, and Chavo broke up the crossface. Chavo clearing the ring of Kurt Angle. The hell's he go? Referee's he's down. He's gone to the top rope, he did double. Benoit's down, Eddie's down, Chavo! The frog splash! That's Eddie's move, and Chavo did it with perfection! Eddie crawls into the cover, the Guerreros are gonna steal it, no! Here on SmackDown. Every Thursday night as Eddie Guerrero heads to the top rope. Latino Heat hoping to put the finishing touches on this matchup. Look out! It's Kurt Angle from the top rope! Eddie Guerrero with authority! And look at referee Mike Keona and Angle's face! And look at the look at Chavo with the championship to the temple of Chris Benoit! And the referee never saw it. Chavo cleared the ring of the Damn it, those Guerreros, they do it again. Mike Kyoto had them fold. Freaking cheaters. Freaking cheaters. You know so this, that was ahead. a pretty slick finish. I, I it, really like that. Yeah. It, was, it wasn't bad. Yeah. Ah, let's hear what the observer had to say, because, you know, we love to, love to see what oh, Dave gosh. has to say. Los Guerreros beat Angle and Benoit in a very good match. Uh, not of the caliber of the best SmackDown matches of the past months, but the best thing on the show, buddy, that tells you how good the wrestling action was on SmackDown at this time. It was, yeah, yeah. we were, we were, we were really hot at this particular time. You're right. Uh, he said, Benoit and angle were back to feuding as angle broke up a sure win when Benoit had Eddie in the crossface. Benoit also kicked out of Eddie's frog splash before taking a belt shot to the head. Uh, so we, we took a look at that, but this is the sort of blow off of all the tag team work that had been built up for the last few months here on SmackDown, Kurt, and the SmackDown six is no more. So let's talk about it. Were you sad to see this kind of this chapter end for you here? Yes, I was. Uh, I was really sad to see it because we were having such a great run. You know, these three tag teams had incredible matches together, but at the same time, it was now time for Kurt Angle to get back in the world title hunt. And that meant that this had to end uh, for me to begin the world title hunt where I wrestled Big Show and won the title from him. You knew about Big Show and taking the title. You knew that eventually this was going to lead to Brock at Mania. Did you already know, too, this was going to be Benoit at Rumble? 
Yes, yes. I knew I was going to okay. wrestle Chris. That's why we were not getting along, and we were kind of pushing that storyline a little bit, and we worked up till R- Royal Rumble. And I will tell you this. My match with Chris Benoit at the Royal Rumble 2003 was the best match I ever had in my life. It's the one I'm most proud of, and I actually had knee surgery before that, so yeah, I wasn't 100%, but after I got done with that match, I was really upset. I thought the match sucked, and I watched it over, and I was like, holy crap. This is this is the best match I've ever had in my career, uh, and I, I'm I'm gonna actually put it on above Shawn Michaels WrestleMania 21. Mm. You know this match I would have loved for it to be at WrestleMania. That would have been my my dream come true. Wow, uh, it's good though uh, as we talk through this to really understand how far things were mapped out at this point. Uh, as far as the WrestleMania build, you and Brock, the Royal Rumble. Uh, you know, we <laughs> the only problem know. with me, Paul. Is they you couldn't map it. shit out because I got injured so That's much. Right. They didn't know if I was going to make it or they not. They tried, Kurt. They tried. <laughs> Let's talk about it because you brought it up. You mentioned your knee issues. So you're still doing tag matches between the pay-per-views on house shows. You're teaming with Chris against the Guerreros. They're winning every night. But how much less taxing is doing tag matches at least than single matches? That's got to help with some of the knee issues, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you have any injury, you can work around it. You know, like if I couldn't run because of my knee, Benoit would do all the running. Uh, if I couldn't bump because of my back, uh, Benoit would do all the bumping, uh, the, you know, so I could go in there at selective times and do what I needed to do to stay busy in the match. But Benoit would take most of the stuff. And, um, so it was a lot easier for me. I was able to protect my knee at this particular time. There you go. Let's move on. It's December the 5th. As we continue this storyline, this build to Armageddon. We're in Dallas. We're setting up uh, the main event finally for Armageddon, and it's an incredible main event, Kurt. You won over Benoit, Edge, and Eddie in a fatal four-way to get a shot at Big Show at Armageddon. So the story's in place, but in our second clip of the week, we have four total. We have the ending of that match, and then I'm obviously going to say uh, read a little bit of what Meltzer had to say about it. So let's check it out. December 5th, 2002, that clip from SmackDown. This, this yeah, is a high-risk maneuver. Edges, edges might be going a little far here. We've seen Edge do this before. It's all or nothing for Uh-oh. Edge. Angle. And for Cole Angle. Angle knocked off the second rope. He's going to nail Cole. High-risk maneuver. Edge is perched. Edge is up there. Drop his initial kick on it. Edge throws him on the cover. Edge is going to build the cover. Angle. He's going up there. And you can almost hear the edge when Kurt Angle kicked out yet again. I think Edge just single waved up for Kurt to get up. Here he is. Edge is telling him, get up. He is. He wants this spear, Cole. I think Edge might beat Angle if he hits the spear. Edge went for the spear and he got a boot to the face. Great Angle punt. kicked him right in the face. Great punt to the mush. Angle slammed to Edge. And Kurt Angle, will this be it? Just about to say, take your hat off the edge. What a sh- what a match! And, and he kicks out of an angle slam. And Kurt Angle cannot believe it. Kurt Angle saying, "What else do I gotta do?" And Kurt Angle locks in smart. the ankle lock. Smart. I agree with Kurt doing this. Does Edge have anything left? I don't think so, Cole. Can Edge counter the ankle lock again? I don't know how he can, even though I wouldn't be surprised if he did. 
It's a shot to the world, but Edge has got that ankle lock locked in in the center of the ring. Edge has nowhere to go. Look at the pain on the man's face. And Edge covered. He rolls he did it. He did it. No. Edge can't get out of this again. There's no way. It'll be the third time in the matchup, right? Third time. Third time. Edge is desperately trying to crawl, trying to reach for that bottom rope. Kurt talking trash. Edge reversed it again. Angle hung no. on. Kurt Angle hung on. Like a pit bull locking his jaws. Angle didn't let go of the ankle this time. Kurt Angle knows what's at stake here. A trip to Armageddon. A shot at the big show in the title. That's what's at stake. That's why Edge continues, continues to crawl and make it to the rope again. He did it. Edge just got to let go of that. But Angle won't, re won't release it. It's in Fury. I don't know how much was, how much, how much he was behind that shot, behind an insecurity of Edge. Well, it knocked Angle for a loop. And Angle slammed. Fall after near fall after near fall. Oh my God, we're witnessing a classic. Just listen to the desperation, the fatigue in the voice of Edge. That's how important that WWE Championship is, that, that the Big Show has, that Heyman's looking over the Big Show with. Edge and Angle both won a shot at Armageddon at the Big Show's championship. Edge again, high risk maneuver to the top rope. Kurt Angle to his feet. Here comes Kurt Angle. Angle's Look at Halfway across the ring. Hey, I'm going on a limit. If ever get the cover, it's Here's the cover. That's it. God, that's his choke slams, man. They're they're no He's joke. He's one big man, man. I didn't realize how big he was till I saw him right there. Man. <laughs> so let's get into it. From the observer, can't say anything bad overall about a show with a four and a half star main event with Angles win over Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, and Edge. I mean, just listen, to, guys. Listen to the four people in that match. How could it be anything less than a five star you know match? I will tell you this. You were looking at the four best workers in the business at that particular time. Every, all four of us had to be the top four best workers. Oh, incredible, incredible group here. Edge was tremendous in selling his earlier beating from Albert. The whole match and making the strong comeback at the end. Can't say enough for Angle. Some super near falls at the end. The interviews took more of a serious tone of them as Angle, and especially Benoit and Edge made the main event important and the title an elusive dream. So Dave really puts this match over, Kurt. Such a great match, and it's really sad to see all this come to an end. You had to be proud of the body of work that you all had done in the last few months, right? Oh, yes. And you know what? I have to point out, Edge, the reason why he's so freaking good is because he sells everything. Mm. I mean, even if he had a match the week before, the following week he would sell the, the injury he had. Um, he was so good at that, and that's what, what – uh, 
separated him from the re- the word the rest. Yeah, right. He was just that good, and uh, that is one thing that you can't teach. I mean, you could teach it to a certain degree, but a lot of guys are going to forget to do it. But once you have it embedded in your head that selling is the most important thing in the world, you're going to have a great career. Buddy, that's something that you hear a lot of people talk about today's current product is they're so rushing into the next spot and the next spot and keeping that sports center highlight action going that they're the art of selling is it is a lost art. It's starting to, you know, go away. You're absolutely right. But that is the problem. Uh, They do so many, um, you know, incredible moves and spots and and stunts and they don't really sell them. And that, that, that is an issue. Definitely. You talk about edge. It made me think about Shawn Michaels. That's what helped make him. Shawn was a great seller too. Yes. Incredible. Well, on the go home SmackDown from Atlanta, the program is sort of launched. Here we go. I'm going to read what uh, Dave said here. They started the angle Lesnar program. As Angle came to a Lesnar autograph signing and said, if he could get Lesnar off suspension, could Lesnar be in his corner at Armageddon? So, buddy, we see it all starting to be scripted out here. Angle also said that if he won the title and defended against Lesnar, it would be the greatest match in WWE uh, history. Lesnar said he'd think about it. We have the clip. Let's check it out. Our third clip of the week, Lesnar and Angle from SmackDown, December 12, 2002. Kurt Angle. What do you want? Can I talk to you? Folks, Brock Lesnar's going to take a five-minute break. He'll be back in five minutes to sign autographs. Sorry for the inconvenience. Thank you. I'll be right back. Excuse me. Can I help you? Well, actually, Brock, we can help each other out. You see, I can help you get your suspension lifted if you can help me beat the big show. How can I help you beat the big show? By being in my corner this Sunday at Armageddon. You saying you can't beat the big show? Brock, I can beat the big show. But with all due respect, Brock, even you couldn't beat the big show with Paul Heyman in his corner. I mean, Brock, this Sunday at Armageddon, if you're in my corner, if you come down to that ring with me and you stand in my corner, you're going to be looking at the man who screwed you, Brock. He screwed you out of the WWE title. He's going to be 20 feet away from you. And I promise you, Brock, you're going to be able to get your hands on Paul Heyman for doing what he did to you. And Brock, let's be honest. I mean, Paul Heyman's never going to give you a shot at that title. You'll never have that shot against the Big Show because he'll never let it happen. As long as the Big Show's champion, you'll never get that shot. But Brock, if I'm champion, if I become the WWE champion, you're gonna be the first one on my list because you deserve it, Brock. Ever since you got here, you've been, you've been tearing it up. I mean, you've been dominating the whole time. You know, I am impressed by what I see, Brock. And I'll tell you this, Brock, you're an NCAA champion. Okay, you national champion. You remember that feeling, right? Well, don't tell me for a second you haven't thought about what it would be like to face an Olympic champion, to perhaps beat an Olympic champion, if you can. Tell me you haven't thought about that. Yes, I've thought about that many times, Kurt. Well, I have too, Brock. I've been thinking about that since you came here. I mean, Brock, I know you're a competitor, and you want to face the very best. It's right here, Brock. 
Angle versus Lesnar. The greatest match in WWE history. All I'm asking, Brock, is if you can help me out. And if you help me out, I'll help you out. What do you say? If, if you can get my suspension lifted, Kurt. Yeah. I'll think about it. Okay. If you'll excuse me, I have some business to attend to. Sorry for the inconvenience. And there it is, Kurt. This is so much fun watching you and Brock do your thing and set the stage for the story. But I, you firmly believe this is could be the best single match in WWE history, right? Why not? Yeah. I, now Brock was a little young. I'm not gonna lie to you; he was a little inexperienced. So was I. But we were both NCAA champions, and we both had amateur wrestling underneath our belts. So I knew we'd have incredible chemistry. And with that, that becomes uh, that can be one of the greatest matches of all time. And I think that WrestleMania 19, I think besides the actual finish, that match was pretty damn close to being one of the greatest matches of all times. I mean, uh, besides the the issue that Brock actually missed the shooting star press yeah. and landed on his head, you know, almost broke his neck. But at the same time, that was such an incredible WrestleMania moment that people remember that forever. So that that spot right there in WrestleMania 19 actually made the match better because people remember it. That's right. No, absolutely. It's uh, it's one of those memories or highlights, whatever you want to call it, that's etched in, in WWE history that we all go back and see and remember. And uh, it's very memorable. And uh, so there you go. Let's talk a little bit about uh, what the Observer had to say in terms of the rest of that SmackDown. So in the main event, Big Show and A-Train beat Angle and Edge. I should point out that after feuding much of this year, including a hair match and never doing one angle to get together, Angle and Edge were teaming with not so much as an angle or interview to get them together. If wrestlers who are supposed to hate each other get together with at least giving the fans a plausible reason, the fans are going to believe in their characters. Even in a bad soap opera, when two people have hated each other all season and they get together, there's at least a story line and a reason for it. Anyway, Angle used the angle slam on show, but Heyman distracted him, turned around, and got choke slammed and pinned. Angle and Edge didn't get a lot of offense in as the match seemed designed to get A-Train over as a new headliner. A-Train laid Angle out after the match and stood over him. So there's a lot to talk about here, Kurt. Let's talk about the A-Train push. The now Matt Bloom uh, created a lot of controversy, it's supposedly back then. The spot was supposed to go to Matt Hardy, who was, uh, you know, due to injury to uh, Rey Mysterio and put him on the shelf for his uh, with his knee injury. Are you there that night when Matt finds out about all this? Uh, yes, yes. I, I knew Matt was upset, and I didn't blame him for that. Um, it was supposed to be his spot, and they decided at the last second to put A-Train in, in that spot. Mm. But A-Train was such a great athlete for his size. He was an incredible big guy. And uh, I remember training with him at the Dory Funk Dojo. And the great thing about him is he not only was a dominating wrestler, he sold the hell out of everything. He was so polished as a wrestler. I absolutely loved working with the guy. And, you know, you I was limited on what I could do with him because he was so damn big. But at the same time, he really showed me a lot in that ring. And I, I was really impressed by his performances. Yeah, just to close the loop on the whole Matt Hardy side of things, the rumor and innuendo uh, is that he was ready to walk out. Did you ever hear that? that? Do you remember hearing about that? Yes. Yes. I heard he was going to walk out. He was really upset. 
I understood. I, I don't blame him for that because it was his spot and it got taken away from him. Well, teaming with Edge after really the whole year you've had together with no mention of anything to Dave's point when he's talking about, you know, even building as a soap opera would, he shaved your head. Do you think that hurts fans' believability at all with this? We dropped the ball. Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to lie to you. I, I think yeah. Dave Meltzer's right. We should have had some kind of pre-tape, you know, uh, kind of making peace between the two of us or something like that, or showing that we still have animosity. But to not do anything, yeah. that was probably wrong. And I think they just the writers were just so busy with everything, they dropped the ball with that. And that's that's a small thing that means something big. Even a fun cue card spot again, all over again in the back or something. <laughs> yeah, Figure yeah. out something to make this semi work. Uh, and you gave us the answer in your answer. You did think, though, that Albert or A-Train, as they're calling him here, was ready for the push, regardless of how it happened. You, you felt yes, like he was Yes, he was. You know, the only thing that held him back was confidence. Um, he, he A lot of times he doubted himself, and he was so good he didn't have to be unconfident. He re really was one of the best big guys I've worked with. And uh, he can move really fast. He was a he was a lineman. He was a professional football player for the NFL. Yeah. I mean, he played at the University of Pitt, and he was a dominating lineman, great athlete. And I knew that he it would um, uh, if he went into WWE when he did. I knew he'd be successful. He should have been more successful than he was. Yep, always cheering for those Pitt Panther alumni guys too, man. So there you yep, go. Go Pitt. There you go. <laughs> and and that's you said something very important there. Sometimes it's not your talent, it's not your ability, it's what's going on between your ears that can be the biggest thing to hurt or impact or affect someone. Uh, unfortunately, um, that's what hurt him uh, because he had all the tools. Yeah. Uh, well, he's sharing a lot of those tools now down in NXT and has yes, really he helped is. so many young he's wrestlers. Really good so. at it too. Yeah. Well, the observer goes on. It says Angle will be having his knee scoped after the pay-per-view. They are hopeful the five weeks between Armageddon and Rumble will be enough for him to fully recover and not miss a major show. Is that the WWE hopeful for you? I mean, we know you're a machine and a maniac, so I wouldn't be surprised if this was you pushing it, you know, yourself for all this. Oh uh, shit! I, I I would have wrestled the day after my surgery if I was you're allowed. Insane, bro. You're <laughs> you know what? It didn't really matter because I was injured anyway. I was always injured. That, that that's what really sucked about my career is uh, there weren't a lot of times in my career where I was 100 percent healthy, and uh, that's unfortunate. But I still had a great career, and I was able to be pretty consistent with it, even with the injuries. But it was a little bit upsetting that I I got hurt so much. Well, now, as we sit here and talk today, those knees have been replaced. I mean, you got two yep, brand new knees. That's right. That's why I lost a bunch of weight. Cause I got to take care of these new ones. <laughs> and are there, and are you, since we're here and we're talking about you, the knee injury and you've had them replaced, where are you at? You feeling good? Yeah. Yeah. It's uh six and a half months from the surgery and uh, I'm almost fully recovered. Uh, it usually takes nine to 12 months, but I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm really happy. Uh, my, my legs are stronger now than they were before the surgery. Yeah. You're walking great. Do you do anything on the treadmill running wise or have you not yet? They don't okay. want me to run yet. Probably in another month or two, I'll start running again, but uh, <sighs> I'm not allowed to run very far. I can't run more than two miles. If, if most of us, if we could run two miles, that would be an Olympic <laughs> event. Okay. We'd get a gold medal if we could actually do that. Dude, I'm so proud of you. And I'm so happy to hear that, man. Thank Such you. a great report. That's, that's excellent. Hey guys, Eric Bischoff here. And just want to call a quick timeout. I want to tell your listeners about what I've been telling everybody at over at 83 weeks, quite a while now, about all the cool things that are happening over at adfreeshows.com. 
We got a treat for you guys today. It's something we're calling the book. And today we're going to examine the actual handwritten notes from Mr. Fritz von Eric. These are essentially day planners that have his real name on the outside. And it's his handwriting every day of the month uh, for the entire year of 1982. And, and that's what we're going to be working through. On the latest edition of Ad Free Shows Insiders, former WWE writer and CEO of Major League Wrestling, Court Power, discusses his time in WWE, what he's doing now, including some never-heard stories about Vince McMahon. His ego derailed something that could have made them both money and the company money. And, you know, if I had to point a finger, really, what was the, what was the spark for it to go sideways? It was Vince. That's not enough for you. The top guys were joined by WWE Hall of Famer Jake the Snake Roberts as they watched back the 1992 Halloween Havoc spin the wheel, make the deal. When you do that, you're telling the fans, hey, come watch this bullshit. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Jake Roberts didn't do bullshit. That's just a small taste of what we've got waiting for you. The four levels to choose from. See for yourself why Ad Free Shows is the best value in wrestling today. Sign up now at adfreeshows.com. Excellent. Uh, so you're hurting here. We know that. The show know how bad you're hurting. I mean, is he aware that? Because you two are going to have to try to work around this, I guess. Yeah, the problem was I was injured, and Big Show was really big at this particular time. <laughs> he was I mean, really big, like 520, 530. <sighs> and uh, there wasn't a lot I could do with him. And uh, he, he, he was... This is when he was powerlifting too. He was strong as an animal right now at that particular time. And, uh, uh, he was very scary to being in the ring with. I mean, when he grabbed me for that choke slam earlier, yeah. and he was cutting a promo in my face. He was literally choking the shit out of me. I was like, show, you know, ease up, buddy. Uh, he, he was really strong at this particular time. So I wasn't able to do a lot with him to begin with, but with the knee injury, it made it even worse. And you got to think like things like the Olympic slam. I mean, show has got to be really jumping off the mat for something and like that. You know that. what he did for the most part, he was always getting up for me. Uh, but at this point in time, he weighed probably more than he ever weighed in his career. I mean, this is when he was really lifting really hard and eating a lot of protein and just trying to get as big as he could. And this was show at his biggest. Yeah, that clip that we saw, he looked like an absolute monstrosity. So I completely <laughs> not much fat on him either. He was jacked at this he particular was massive. time. Yeah. Well, the show on December 15th, we're going to get into this a little bit here from Fort Lauderdale is more remembered for a couple things other than your title victory. Sadly, Triple H and Shawn Michaels in the main event do a three stages of hell match where Hunter would win and regain the world title from Shawn. They would do a street fight, a cage match, and then a ladder match. When you have those three gimmick matches to follow you, how hard is it, Kurt, to put together a spectacular match? They would have, you know, you have to follow this. I mean, what's going on? Um, did I, did we follow that match? They, they, they followed follow you, but you know, hey, coming up after what me and Big Show are going to do, these 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 two are going to most well, likely steal the show. I will tell you this. Thank the good Lord we didn't go on last mm. <laughs> because that match was incredible. What they had that three degrees of pain or whatever it was. Three stages uh, of hell. Three stages of hell. Yeah. Um, that that was an incredible match. And and I knew that Triple H and Sean were going to steal the show with that. Uh, they, ob they obviously mapped that out themselves. Uh, they obviously put that match together and uh, planned it out as it was. I mean, they, they probably came up with the idea themselves. And, uh, I don't blame them. I mean, I, if you have a match like that, 
you're going to steal the show regardless. So I'm just glad that we went on before them. Yeah, no, absolutely. Let's talk about another infamous deal that went on at the show. And that's the infamous lesbian angle with Tori Wilson and <laughs> Dawn Marie over Tori's dad, Al. Yes, this is all real. You guys remember it. Don't act like you don't. Did you ever pay attention to any of this? You know what? No, no, I didn't. <laughs> uh, it, it was so crazy. You know, this whole lesbian angle with Tori, Tori's father involved. Um, I mean, I, how would you feel as a father? <laughs> I don't know. All I got to say is anything Tori Wilson's in, I'm pretty much paying attention you know to. What? Yeah. I, but I, I get what you're Wilson, saying. Anytime she's on, people are going to watch. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> but I understand what you're saying. I mean, you're obviously there working, figuring out what you're doing with the big, sh big show. The last thing you're worried about is Al and the lesbian angle, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Uh, Tori Wilson, enough said. So let's continue on. Benoit would defeat Eddie in a singles match to determine Benoit being the number one contender at the Royal Rumble and take on the eventual champion. So there that plays out. You would, would you have rather had faced Chris than Eddie at this point, right? Even if the story didn't have that bill, correct? Oh, that's tough. I mean, Eddie or Chris, uh, it's really tough to pick that one. But but because of what occurred in 2003 at the Royal Rumble, I'm glad it was Chris. I think Eddie and I would have had a great match too, but I don't think it would have been that, that match that we, Chris and I had that, that, that was, uh, that is etched in my mind as my greatest match of all time. Yeah. As you said the earlier, the problem is Benoit doesn't really have a defined role and everyone no. was really enjoying the Guerreros at this point. So there's not a lot of heat uh, for their match here. And, uh, for all the credit Paul Heyman gets as a writer, this was a little bit of a, of a sloppy storytelling for these two. Well, don't forget, Chris didn't have much of a character. He was called the Crippler. Yeah. You know, that is, so it was a, it was all about wrestling. Uh, he didn't talk that much. Uh, he wasn't that articulate uh, when he spoke. Uh, so there, it was really hard to put him in certain storylines. You know, you had to put him in a, a big-time wrestling storyline. That's that's easy for Chris. But to put him in a complicated storyline, that would have been a lot more difficult. Yeah, he might not have had the acting chops that a guy right. like a like a Kurt yeah, Angle he could work better than anybody in the ring, man. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he wasn't pulling people behind the stage at an autograph signing and like you know trying to swing deals and sales pitches and all that stuff. <laughs> yeah. We get it, we get it. So listen, Kurt, before the match, you show Lesnar the finish of him losing to the Big Show at Survivor Series to get him all riled up, and you try to get him to be in your corner again. Did you two, uh, did you as two amazing wrestlers and competitors think you needed all this gaga or could you two just have been left to determine who was the better wrestler? We didn't need it. I mean, you're absolutely right. We could have done this without all the gaga. Um, Brock and I were both amateur wrestlers, both NCAA champions. Uh, this match was a money match, regardless of what you did, what, what kind of storyline you started or finished with Brock and I was going to be a huge money match regardless and WrestleMania 19 showed that. That's right, man. Two major stars in at WrestleMania, baby. But before we get there, let's take care of Armageddon. Let's get to the match. It's Kurt Angle and Big Show. Kurt, you and I are going to watch this clip, final clip of the week, and then I'm going to read uh, the notes from The Observer. Here we go. Okay. Pink Kurt, uh, Big Show with that angle slam. Oh, wait a minute. Straps it down. The straps are down, and the ankle lock is locked in. Oh, it's in. And Big Show reversing and with one hand changes the momentum of the match. Right around the throat. Big frying pin. Hand out. Kurt Angle. Reversal. Rolls the big 
fan through. The ankle lock again. Right back on it. Right back on it. Will the big show, will the champion tap out? Don't let it get giant enough. You might have to give up to this. Big show trying to use the referee, Mike Kyoto, to get to the ropes. But has got a lot of ankle leg to grab. Big Show is desperate. Big Show trying to roll that 500-pound claim, and he does. He rolled through and kicked out, kicked the ref down in the process. The referee is down. The Big Show's down. Kurt Angle's wait down. Heyman's but wait a minute. Heyman's up. Right in front of us here. We got a, that sneaky, slimy scumbag. What is he doing? He's got a steel chair in oh, his I hand. See. He's got a steel chair, but where's the ref referee's down? Well, I'll tell you one thing. All three men are down. Paul Heyman, he tossed the steel chair into the ring. And you hear the people, Cole. They want Brock. Big Show is stirring. The steel chair was sent into the ring by Heyman to be used by Big Show. But nobody's made it to the chair yet. You know, the crowd chanting, we want Brock. Oh! Two seconds ago, but it's not, it remains to be seen. Uh-oh. Steel oh! chair! how close that championship was gone. Ankle lock. The ankle lock again. And Big Show is tapping. Big Show is tapping, but the referee is down. Mike is down and out. But Kurt Angle may break the game. Wait a minute. A-Train. The A-Train. The A-Train. The hell? No. Big Ben backbreaker to Kurt Angle. The A-Train who teamed with the Big Show last week. Seizing the moment again. Out here. Paul Heyman just said, what the hell was that all about? Right here in front of us, that's what Paul Heyman said. Well, A-Train and Big Show running, mates, running, buddies. Watching our Big Show's back, A-Train. But the damage was done, the A-Train with that vicious backbreaker. This is bad, Cole. This is bad. Brock Lesnar nowhere to be seen. A-Train nailing that backbreaker on Angle. The ref's out. Paul Heyman. Looking on at Kurt Angle. Looking on at his client, The Big Show. Uh-oh. The Big uh -oh. Show is going to show off the church land. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Lester is fucked. Lester is five. F5. He's done before. He's done again. Big Show and Paul Heyman. 
There it is, buddy. Three-time champ, Kurt Angle. That's right. Three times in two years, two and a half years. And I love watching you. You were watching the clip, a little, little chuckling as you loaded, landed there in Kyoto's lap. Did you see Brock pick up Big Show like he was I, nothing? I, well, that's where I was 530 going 530 pounds. Holy crap. <laughs> right where I was going next was I, it continues to impress me. When, I don't care how many times you see it. It's incredible. It is. His strength, his brute strength of picking that guy up like it's like, you were like it was nothing yeah like nothing he didn't even struggle (laughs) ah unbelievable Uh, a lot of fun but the crowd also the crowd reaction was massive for you winning the title which was cool to see so let's talk about the observer notes kurt angle won the smackdown title over big show in 1236 this was the best laid out match of the show and had the most heat it was still angles worst pay-per-view match so far this year because not a, because of you big show gassed real fast angle did a missile drop kick for a near fall he went for a moonsault block but ended up kicking show in the face on the way down and landed awkwardly i'm not sure if you ever got a receipt for that one angle <laughs> delivered an angle slam for a near fall and put on the ankle lock show tried to choke slam his way out but angle blocked it and turned it into another ankle lock Show kicked out and Angle collided for the ref bump spot. I feel like we're watching TNA again, all these ref bumps. Uh, Paul Heyman, who had gotten clobbered early on in the match, threw in a chair, but Angle used it with one of those brutal brain-rattling shots for a near fall. Angle used the ankle lock and the show, and show was tapping, which we saw. Those big mitts were hitting that canvas. Uh, but no ref. A-Train ran in, put Angle in the old Bruno San Martino shoulder backbreaker and dropped down. Show gave him a choke slam. Brock Lesnar, this is what we're talking about, ran out and delivered an F5 on a totally gassed Big Show and nearly lost him, allowing Angle to make the pin. He gave it two and a quarter stars. Ladies and gentlemen, this is one of those rare times where you'll see a match with Angle below three stars from Dave Meltzer. So there you go. What did you think about the match? Was it was it a disappointment? Do you agree with him? They're saying that Show was gassed. Tell me your thoughts and feelings. Well, you know, I, I don't want to pick on Big Show because um, he is <laughs> incredible. Uh, and, you know, the, the problem was, you know, he, he wasn't able to go for a long period of time because he was so big. Yes. Like, he really got really big. Like, he gained a lot of weight on purpose, put on as much muscle as he could. And and when you do stuff like that, you're not used to that body weight. That's what gets you tired. And I think that he was gassing out earlier. And it wasn't just him. Me, I was limited because of my knee. I couldn't do a lot of stuff. So we we were both pigeon-toed at this particular time. So we just had to do the best we could, and that's what we did. How does it feel to be champion once again, Kurt Angle? Oh, it's awesome, man. Anytime I was WWE champion, it was a great feeling. Um, was this my favorite? No, not by any means. Um, probably uh, mine against The Rock was my favorite title run. Uh, the reason why Stone Cold was second is because I only held it for a week. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but Big Show, it, he was my third, without a doubt. I won six world titles in WWE, but the Big Show was my third favorite. And plus, let's talk about that. You beat The Rock and you beat Stone Cold. I mean, come on, for your first two your titles in the business, my I mean, first year and a half in the business. Yeah, that's a hell of a resume, my friend. You could have stopped winning titles lucky. there. You could have stopped yeah, winning titles lucky. right there, yeah. and you, you're set for life. <laughs> All right, buddy. Hey, we got some fan questions, so let's roll through these. A lot of fun questions here, so let's do it. Wrestling alternate commentary said, do you think Big Show, a.k.a. Paul White, could have had a longer run with the WWE title in 2002-2003? 
Yeah, I think he would have had a great run, uh, but it wasn't the plan for him to have the run. It was supposed to be for me. And uh, the whole reason why he beat Brock is so I didn't have to beat Brock because uh, they didn't want me to beat Brock twice. Because like I said before, I was supposed to beat him at WrestleMania, which I didn't, uh, unfortunately. But uh, no, Big Show could have had a great title run. Um, he was always good as a champion. I, you know, But usually he, he did work as a heel when he was champion. And rightfully so. He was such a big guy. And uh, he was so dominating as a wrestler that the fans knew that he was most likely going to win. So they, they wanted to cheer against them. They wanted to cheer for the, the under, you know, the underdog, which yeah. I was and which were what Brock Lesnar was when he wrestled big show. Buddy, when you talk about believability, okay. As a wrestler or as someone holding the title, it doesn't get much more believable than a guy that size being, you know, oh, winning show, yeah. I mean, I mean come on, put the title on any time. Yeah. And fans are going to believe it because he's so big and dominating. Yeah. Right. If you build him the right way as such a big badass, then what's there not to, well, I don't understand how he would hold the title. Really? <laughs> right. He yeah. would kill all of us. Matt Godfrey's up next. Kurt, was this your favorite match versus the big show? No, no, I've had better matches with Big Show. In particular, I had a triple threat match against him and Brock, I believe, later on that year. And that was my favorite match with the Big Show. I always loved working with Big Show because he was safe. And whenever I do something like he would do a choke slam, I would turn it into a roll-up where I'd get the ankle lock on him. And he would hold me up for that. He was really good at doing that stuff. So I could do transitional stuff with Big Show, That's and awesome. I enjoyed doing it with him. Man, that's really cool too, especially like you said, when you think of a guy that big and he's safe and you can do transitional moves with, can't ask for Definitely. a better, uh, better, better partner to do that type of thing with, with a guy that size, Brad Stanton, uh, he's up next. He says, what kind of approach do you take when working with a giant? <laughs> you know what? You just know you're going to bump a lot and you're going to sell a lot. You know, you're going to get your little offense in here and there and you have to make it count. But it's a lot more difficult working with a guy that size than anybody else. That's just the way it is, and that's how it's going to be. And, Brad, you'll understand this. At Top Guy Weekend, when Kurt gets his hands on you, you're going to have that same, you know, you're going to have to figure out that same approach. How do you approach an Olympic gold medalist? So, you know, that's, <laughs> that's something right. for, for you to figure out as well, too. He'll know what I mean by that. Uh, Brian <laughs> Haremza, I always remember this match because of the giant knee brace you wore. How different was it wrestling with it? And did it make it more difficult to work in? Yeah, I was limited. You know, I couldn't bend my knee all the way. There were certain things I couldn't do. Um, you know, when you have a knee brace on that, that size, it's going to inhibit you from doing certain things. And, uh, I was limited at this point in time. Mm. Kurt next week, we're going to take a look back 10 years ago in TNA wrestling, Jeff Hardy. AJ Styles, love it. Becoming tag champs again, the 2012 Bound for Glory series, and then Aces and Eights invades. All that and more next week. We have fun when we go back into those TNA days. I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, TNA was a lot of fun. I, I actually had a little more fun there, and I think it's because I didn't have any uh, as many injuries and, uh, you know, the painkiller problem back then. Um, in TNA, I was able to, uh, I, I was actually coming into my own when I left the WWE and I got better as a wrestler in TNA. And that's hard to say because I had some great matches in WWE and some of my favorite matches, but I just became a better wrestler when I got to TNA. It's also the place where you were able to heal, you know, where it yes, finally yes, all, I mean, 
you hit and, your and low point rehab and everything else. You hit your low point, but you came out of yeah. it in TNA. And then, so that's why I think that's special too. Well, uh, listen, man, uh, this is fantastic. I want to share with all of you, if you're not on adfreeshows.com, get over there because at the end of this month, December the 19th, it's a Monday night, 8 PM Eastern Kurt angle. And myself will be live and in color for a Q&A with our ad-free shows members. Guys, this is the first time Kurt and I have been together for an ad-free show Zoom event. And we're doing, doing it, it in the evening. And we're doing it late. All right. Yeah. I told Kurt he couldn't go to bed until we did this. <laughs> so we're doing and it. I need to go to bed at 8 p.m., but that's when we're starting. I had to put him in a virtual ankle lock to get him to, to finally commit to eight o'clock. And I did it for all of you. So you better show up. Okay. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> eight o'clock Monday, December 19th is ask Kurt anything zoom live special for you guys behind the paywall. So sign up today. We're doing all kinds of fun stuff. We're doing live shows, live experiences. Kurt doesn't even know this yet. But on uh, 1223, when he and I record at 1 o'clock Eastern that Friday, uh, we're going to open up the uh, YouTube private channel for our ad-free show members so they can just watch it privately while we live record and chat that in the chat really window awesome. amongst what each other. What a huge advantage. So, yeah. man, we're, we're doing a wow. lot of fun things over there. So check it out, adfreeshows.com. Uh, Conrad and all the rest of the scientists are in there mixing all the, the right, the right things together to come up with the winning formula as we start to head into 2023. So be sure to go over there before we get out of there. We have a few things for you. Anglepodlinks.com. That's the one-stop website you want to go to where you're going to find all of our social media, including our YouTube channel. I touched on it earlier. Our main man, Dominic D'Angelo is crushing it on social media and our YouTube channel. Kurt, Thank we you, just, Dominic. We just surpassed 50,000 subscribers. That's okay? awesome. Oh, so wow. I want to double that. I want to get to a hundred K in 2023, buddy. Yeah, me too. Me too. I know Kevin Nash just got the hundred. Yeah. 000. I would love to get a hundred thousand. Please everybody, please <laughs> smash the subscribe <laughs> button. It's time for us to take it up a notch in 2023. It's youtube.com forward slash the angle pod. And so we appreciate your support over there. Kurt, Go ahead and twist that chair, grab those snack bags. Cause it's time to talk about physically fit.com, man. You know what? I need to come up with different flavors. I show these every single time. <laughs> this is Kung Po and uh honey mustard. Yeah. <laughs> come on, Kurt. You should have it down by now. <laughs> anyway. Hey, you can get these at physically fit.com. They're chicken snacks and snack smart, crispy protein bites. One's chicken protein. This one, and this one's organic plant protein. You can get them at physicallyfit.com. There are 11 different flavors. You're going to absolutely love them. You can use the code ANGLEPOD and get your first order off 20%, or you can become a lifetime member on the website and get 20% off for the rest of your life. You have to order these. Go to physicallyfit.com. Oh, it's true. It's damn true. It's damn true. I mean, as Kurt says that phrase in a sleep, I see it on every cameo message. <laughs> Speaking of cameos, KurtAnglebrand.com is where you can find all the good stuff. We're talking cowboy hats, milk cartons, Kurt Angle birthday cards. And we know he's, he's got a big one. The birthday boy does uh, this weekend, but check it out. T-shirts and things like that. KurtAnglebrand.com. That's where it's at. You'll see a big, beautiful picture of his face on the homepage of the website. And you'll know you landed in the right spot, right? Kurt? Yes. You have to go to KurtAnglebrand.com to get your merchandise. Uh, order it and I'll send it right to you. You'll get it immediately. 
Ah, oh, so nice, man. He's, he's just, uh, not only is he an Olympic hero, he's an Olympic nice guy too. And, uh, <laughs> so that's where he's going to take care of you for all those Christmas, last minute, Christmas details, stocking stuffers, go over there, get get him a little cowboy, Try to get hat. a cowboy hat or a yeah. birthday card. Come on. Yeah. Something. I might even do Christmas cards. Uh, don't take me up on it, but you know, I might end up having it here. Well, buddy, you better figure it out. We're in December already. <laughs> so that's awesome. Listen, we have had an absolute blast today covering Armageddon 2002. We're back with TNA next week, and we're going to wrap up the month with a special ask her at anything for our last episode of the year. So start thinking of your questions. I encourage you think of anything and everything because there's nothing more fun for me as a host of the show than putting Kurt Angle on the hot seat for ask Kurt anything. Oh boy. <laughs> and oh, it's so much fun. So let's, let's make that episode the best of the year and the last episode of the year, but now it's time to close it down. And on behalf of your Olympic hero, Kurt Angle, this is Paul Bromwell. We'll see you right back here next week on the Kurt Angle show. Hey, everybody, this is Dan Bespris, host of Fantasy NBA Today, a daily fantasy basketball podcast. We cover every box score from every game every day, plus bonus shows on buy low opportunities, players to stash, schedule analysis, and really anything you could need to smash your league into deliciously tiny pieces. Catch the Fantasy NBA Today podcast, part of the Believe Network on YouTube or wherever you listen.